T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I got one more question for you, Anthony, and then if Ray wants to wrap up with one more, I'll kick it back to him. I want to talk about, and this is a, a you know more of an off-season issue, and it's crazy. This is still early on in a in this season to be talking about the off-season, but to me, Bob Myers and his future is is just a huge you know moment in time. And l- let me ask: if Bob Myers were to leave for any reason at all, is Kirk Lacob? automatically getting the general manager job is that decision already made or like any smart nba team like any smart team in sports which the warriors clearly are is there a small list of names that kirk lakeup is just among those names not at the top of that list well and this is not something that you know i've had discussed at, at great length this is not some deeply sourced uh conversation I'm about to have, but I would think Kirk Lakeham to me profiles as the owner in waiting, not the GM in waiting. Um, the next Joe Lakeham. You know, he, he, he's, he's got his hands on some of the basketball side, but Kirk Lakeham has his hands on a lot of the business side, too. So, I'm not, like, maybe that's what would, you know, materialize where, where Kirk would, would step in if, if Bob, like you said, for any reasons left, but I don't, I would, I would predict no. I would predict that, that Kirk just remains in a very powerful position in the organization, which he currently has, and you know will be the successor to his father, whatever that comes. Um, and, and the, you know Kent Lakeup's in the building as well. Uh, you know he's kind of younger in his front office career. Mike Dunleavy is very powerful within the front office as a kind of a rising voice. Um, and then obviously there are outside options as well. So I don't know where it would go. I mean, at this point, they they still seem to be voicing out that they want it to be Bob long term. But you know, obviously, money is probably going to dictate that. Um, not to turn it back to the mundane, but are we at the point now where this is actually a good defensive team again? I mean, they're a pretty predictable team in that when they give up 120, they're losing. And they've given up 120 plenty of times this year. Uh, but have they turned the corner? Are they now a reliable, defense, good defensive team? Even though they gave up 122 to the Pistons and 141 to the Hawks. Are they there yet or not yet? Yeah, I think reliable in the modern NBA, right? Look across the league every night right now. Um, Draymond Green is like emerging as I think a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate. Just the way he has, I think, stabilized them over the last few weeks has been huge. Can he maintain that level? Um, Looney, I mean, I'd say Looney's probably a top 10 NBA center from a defensive standpoint. Purely defensive. I'm not talking overall. 
But um, so they're stable in the back end. Then you think about the perimeter. I mean, they've been playing at a good rate lately without Andrew Wiggins. He is their best perimeter defender. I think Dante DiVincenzo has shown a lot. You, know, you see him waving Clay Thompson off to guard Damian Lillard the other day down the stretch. Obviously, he gets the big steal. Uh, Kaminga, the way he has, um, I think, you know, developed into an on-ball threat that even in a playoff stage, I think you could throw him on a John Morant in a Memphis series for you know, four minute stretches at a time and feel okay about that. That's what they were missing, losing Gary Payton. I think you've got that back somewhat with Kaminga. So I think they have the ingredients to be top 10, even if it's top eight type defense. And if you have even a, a, like the eighth best defense in the league and you have Steph Curry running your offense at a high rate, like you're, you're an NBA contender. So I think they're okay on that. Slater, brother, thank you so very much. It's been a long time. Glad we got to uh, catch up with you. All right, fellas. There he is, Anthony Slater, here on 95.7 The Game, our Warriors insider, and uh, always good to talk to him. Uh, Tim Kawakami had the opportunity to sit down and talk with Joe Lacob on his latest uh, uh, TK show, his podcast. And since we were just asking Slater about Bob Myers, here is what Joe Lacob told Tim Kawakami about Bob Myers and when it comes to the concept of like, well, hey, the 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 Warriors haven't even offered Bob a, a, a contract going forward at this particular time. Joe Lacob actually said, well, here's what Joe Lacob said. All I will say is that it is not accurate that he has not that he has you know somehow not been offered anything. There have been two offers at this point. Um, I'm trying. Have you ever known me not to be aggressive? No. So that is crazy to sit here and say, and I'm sorry, I have to say that I'm not trying to violate any negotiation. I hope Bob doesn't get upset or, or his agent, but I just want to clarify that. It's not fair to put me and us in a situation by someone put something out there that, and I don't know who, that he hasn't been offered anything. That's just not true. So he's got to make a decision, you know, what he wants to do with his life, what's the appropriate compensation. He feels it's fair, we feel it's fair. Um, and it's really just a negotiation. To be honest with you, I fully expect Bob uh, will be back. And um, he's a great negotiator. Mm-hmm. There you <laughs> what go. do you want him to do? He's supposed to do this. Yep. So, you know, I, I, we love Bob. We want him back. Boy, that's about as terse an answer I've heard Joe Lacob give to a question in a long time, Ray. Well, first of all, I, I did some checking and I don't know of anybody who has said that he hasn't been made an offer. The only thing that that Woj said in his original tweet was that he was working without that he was you know working on the last year of his contract, which is unusual for people at at his level of success. So if in fact Lakeup has offered him two contract offers and Myers has either deferred the conversation or said no outright it means to me that Lakeup's not coming up with the kind of money and control and or control that Myers wants right now the the highest paid general manager in the NBA is Masai Ujiri in Toronto and that's at 15 million a year so I think it's reasonable. Is that in loonies and toonies? Mm-hmm. Is that, does he get paid in poutine as no, well? He gets I mean, paid in American. Because oh. that's what that's what the Canadian teams have to do in hockey and basketball. Their payrolls are in American dollars at American rates. So that's $15 million in however funny our money is. Uh, Bob Myers has earned more than that by a significant margin. 
based simply on the fact that he's got four rings to Ujiri's one. And nobody else really is close. So, you know, if they're quibbling just about cash, then Joe Lacob's being incredibly short-sighted. If, Joe, if, if Myers is looking for either a piece of equity or a greater share of control, you know, that, that's basically between them. But in terms of money, he's worth $20 million a year. And if Lacob is going to try to nickel and dime him there, then he's making a colossal mistake. Whether it's Kirk Lacob that he wants as his successor or somebody else. Because Myers is the guy, even if he didn't have four rings, he is the guy who convinced Kevin Durant to do a sign-and-trade so that they could get Andrew Wiggins. That prolonged the franchise's dynasty as much as any move. So you've got a guy who basically has done more than everything asked of him. And that requires a reward, not just suggests one. Do you think maybe the Warriors are looking at the success of Bob Myers and his decisions and with maybe a, a more short-sighted view. You know, they're not thrilled with Wiseman, not necessarily thrilled with some of the high-value draft picks beyond Kaminga, and maybe that's what's, I don't want to say holding up a negotiation because, again, it seems like the person holding up the negotiation is Bob Myers himself, uh, according to what Joe Lacob had to say. But, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Bob is worth what... I mean, what's twenty million to a guy worth seven billion? It, it's nothing. It's not like he's going to get taxed on that either. It's a full twenty million and then stop. It's not like twenty million actually means sixty to re-sign Bob. And, so, and let's be uh, honest: if they like Kaminga, and they clearly do, you know that negates whatever damage the Weissman pick cost them. Um, I think they're still okay with Moody. I think they're more happier than not with pool so the recent draft picks have worked out relatively well you know in addition to getting wiggins in addition to you know getting durant in addition to getting iguodala i mean that's a full plate for any general manager over a decade so if they're pegging any of this on the fact that wiseman hasn't come up trumps yet then shame on them because they got that wrong. And I'll just say, as a guy whose you know, steady hand is always steady on the wheel and, and keeping NBA teams together and happy, especially through some of the you know, crazy nonsense that this team had to go through with the puncher around the world earlier in the year. Like, Bob knows the temperature of that locker room in this franchise as well as any general manager has ever known his temperature his franchise uh, ever i mean bob is a master representative of you know all things good and positive with the golden state warriors he's a phenomenal press conference he's a great interview um beyond that his success is you couldn't describe it in any other way than overwhelming with the golden state warriors you want to nitpick a few things well that's really picking nits when it comes to how excellent bob myers has been at his job we will have more on that there's some more interesting sound from joe lacob to get into i know that steve kerr was on with you and whitey who was nice enough to fill in for me yesterday thank you very much whitey and we will return to some of that but we're next 
going to say hello to our good friend Brian Baldinger to talk about the final regular season week of the NFL. It's around the corner, as is Baldy here on 95.7 The Game. Check out the merch store right now, 957thegameshop.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Well, look, it's about time to hop back into the NFL here. Our friend Brian Baldinger about to join us, but I got to share the breaking news at this moment. It's not NFL related, and Ray, we'll get back to it. I don't even need you to comment on it, but Jeff Passan has just shared that the Dodgers are designating Trevor Bauer for assignment. They're going to eat $22.5 million of his deal, and any major league team can sign him for $720,000, which is the major league minimum, and he would be eligible to play immediately. So we'll get your reaction to that in just a little bit, but that's the news breaking at this hour. Our man Brian Baldinger, nice enough to join us here at this hour on Damon and Ratto. What's going on, Baldy? Damon, Ray, what's going on, guys? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you as well. We are doing very, very well. I'll tell you right now, it was a uh, dramatic week of football, obviously, you know, starting on Monday night and the news about, uh, you know, DeMar Hamlin just grows better and better by the day, by the hour, by the tweet about his status. And and that's a great thing. Uh, putting aside the human element of the story and just getting into the nitty gritty football ramifications what did you think of the NFL's multiple-pronged solution to work around that now no-contest game? Well, you know, nothing was going to be a, a fair outcome, you know, after the game was uh, properly suspended and postponed. Uh, you know, and then, you know, we're right here at week 18, and there's a five-week schedule in front of us with playoffs. And, you know, the one thing that's going to be really questionable right now is who is going to be the number one seed in the AFC and that was going to be partly determined Monday night and so there was no way to really play the game play week 18 game and get ready for the postseason so you know we'll we'll see how it plays out it might just play out I mean if I don't know Cincinnati loses this weekend or Buffalo trips up against the Patriots whatever it might work out uh, where Kansas City becomes the number one seed and, uh, and all that kind of stuff but 
Uh, we can still play this out a little bit to see if it would just fall naturally without even playing the game. And so that still might happen. That's a possibility. But I didn't see any other way. I mean, I played with all the scenarios, Damon. I didn't really see another way where they could play the game and get ready for a week 18 and get ready for the postseason and everybody on a, on a, a level playing field if we played it all out. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But they made the right decisions from the very beginning. And that isn't always, you know, that's not always easy to do in real time uh, when something happens that has never happened before. <laughs> I didn't have anything important to say, so I oh, kept sure it off. Um, but since I'm being required to talk by my contract, um, how important in a, in a real way is a home field advantage between two excellent teams in late January. I mean, it's, you know, it, the, of the teams that would be impacted by this, all three have played in ridiculously cold weather traditionally in January. So is it much ado about not as much as we think, or is it a huge deal? Well, in 2017, the Eagles uh, had the number one seed, and they played Atlanta, won on the final play of the game when Julio Jones, uh, you know, slipped in the end zone where Atlanta could have won. They blew out the Minnesota Vikings and walked into, uh, you know, Minneapolis and U.S. Bank Stadium and beat the Patriots that day. I don't know if they would have done that uh, if they were on the road at any point during that. Um, it's not always just the AFC Championship game. Cincinnati went to Kansas City last year, and they beat them. They went to Cincinnati, uh, they went to Kansas City this year and beat them. Buffalo went to Kansas City and beat them. I mean, it's not a guarantee for anything, Ray, to your question. Not a guarantee, but it is a certainly, uh, it's more fun for teams uh, and their fan base, you know, to host uh, playoff games and championship level games uh, to earn that right to go to the Super Bowl. So there is some benefit to it from a fan base for sure. If they have to play the AFC championship game on a neutral site, I mean, the fans lose out in that, but it's probably the best, uh, you know, best way to do it. You know, to keep it even and fair. Brian Baldinger with us on Damon and Ratto. You break down film, you study it all the time. When you look at Brock Purdy, what's the incomplete? What's the one box in your mind he is yet to check that makes you doubt whether or not um, you know the 49ers can can honestly you know compete for a Super Bowl title, or is there even one that you've been able to detect? I haven't seen one yet, Damon, honestly. I mean, I've been, I remember, you know, the, obviously he comes in for the Miami Dolphins and throws two touchdowns that day. The next game, uh, the next week, he makes his first start against Tampa. And I remember talking to, to Debo and McCaffrey and, all, and a couple guys, you know, before the game. And I just went through a checklist with the guys. And I just said, okay, this is what I saw. All right, you tell me if I'm wrong, if I'm off, you know, throwing the ball over the middle, extending plays, getting out of harm's way, deep ball, like all this stuff that you want any quarterback to be able to do. And they just went check, 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 check. And I keep kind of running through that checklist. Um, you know, there's a play early in the game last week against the Raiders where, you know, Max Crosby comes, you know, blazing free. And there's a breakdown of protection and there's Max Crosby. And he makes a you know, an instant dart decision to go right and completes the ball. And, you know, you go, okay, you know, can he, you know, like it doesn't get a lot harder than that. You know, Max Crosby chasing you and you make the right decision and the right, you know, exit. I haven't seen it, Damon. I haven't seen it. It could show up. They're down to the Raiders last week. They come back. 
Um, you know, overtime, you know, the drive winning field goal. I mean, one throw to Ayuk after another. Uh, you know, 10 touchdowns in, two, in five games. I mean, you just keep going on and on and on. And then the whole way, he just does it with such poise and such calmness. You go, what would shake him up? What would the the the, the caveat be where he can't, you know, he, he isn't there yet? Like, I, I haven't seen it in five games yet. Um, let me turn the question on its head, because I'm not trying to argue that you're supposed to see flaws when they're not there. And I think, you know, his resume is pretty clearly that he's handled this well. Uh, what are the differences between his performances and Jimmy Garoppolo's since the McCaffrey trade? Are there any? That well, The stats say, Ray, that they're almost identical. I mean, everything from quarterback rating to touchdown, you know, interception ratio, yards per attempt. I mean, you go through the measurables, and they're almost identical. It's kind of, it's kind of scary. Um, so... <clears throat> They obviously became, not obvious, but, I mean, they became a better team the day they made the, the deal for McCaffrey. I don't know if that was week six or I forget exactly what week it was, but they look pretty identical at this point. Uh, McCaffrey's made such a big difference in every phase. And it wasn't it wasn't every game that he made a big difference. There was games where he got shut down, he, you know, running the ball. There was days where they didn't throw to him a lot. And then there were days where he just exploded. And I think he did it with both, both quarterbacks. So, I mean, just from... The eye test says Brock looks a little bit more calm late in a route progression where you got to hold it, wait, 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 make the throw. Brock looks to me like he's a little bit better. The arm strength looks to be about the same, but you just don't see these balls flutter out of his hand the way sometimes it would late in a progression with Jimmy from time to time. Brian Baldinger with us on 95.7 The Game. So any Coach of the Year conversation has basically revolved around three names up to this point. Sirianni. Dayball and McDermott. Does Kyle Shanahan have a case? Yeah. I think both Kyle Shanahan and Doug Peterson both have cases. I mean, you know, Jacksonville was the prohibitive worst team in football last year. Number one pick, the whole thing. They're in, they have a chance to uh, get themselves into the playoffs tomorrow with a win against Tennessee. Uh, and if they do, uh, they had won five in a row. Uh, nobody, I think, could have predicted Jacksonville beating the playoffs, winning the division, the whole thing. But Kyle certainly does. I mean, anytime you get to your third quarterback, and that third quarterback is Mr. Irrelevant, he's a seventh-round pick, he's a throwaway pick, you know, late in the draft, the final pick of the draft, and he's guiding you after your first two go down. And anytime that happens, you can just say, well, it's Kyle, it's his system. No, okay. The guy's still making these plays. He's still doing it. He's still being well-coached. Um, you know, they had a ton of injuries all over the place. Uh, Debo, you know, the latest guy to go down, star player, all that stuff. Uh, I think he certainly has. I mean, if they went out and they take care of business against Arizona and they finish winning their last nine games and if things, who knows uh, what happens with Philadelphia, the Giants and some other stuff, um, you know, they, they could be a top seed in this whole thing. So I think Kyle is certainly um, in play to be coach of the year. Is the scare that the 49ers just got in Vegas in a weird way good for them? It is, but it also, it's not necessarily a scare. It's like what a, like nobody could have predicted Jarrett Stidham would play that good. But, you know, we saw Devontae Adams look like an acrobat in that game. We saw what Darren Waller is. Um, you know, we saw Hunter Renfro run whip routes that beats everybody in this business. We saw Josh Jacobs look like the reason why he's the number one, you know, the number one running back in football by a wide margin right now. They ran into 
a, a dynamite offense that hadn't looked like that all year. And it's, I don't know if it's a scare, Damon, as much as it is, it's a reminder of when you get to the postseason, you get an offense that can just hum, you know, whether it's Dallas or Philadelphia or sometimes Minnesota, whatever it is that you see, like that's what's in front of you. And you could play excellent defense for eight straight weeks in a row, and you could have all these Pro Bowl players on defense, and yet the ball comes out hot, you block up, you know, Nick Bosa one-on-one, all these things happen, and you could have a 34-burger put up on you like they did. Um, let me go back to the, not necessarily the coach of the year thing, but just as a, as a philosophical matter. What's harder to do? Doing what Kyle Shanahan has done with three quarterbacks or doing what Doug Peterson has done with the worst football team there is? Uh, Jacksonville was in a bad place last year, right? Uh, you know, they had to completely overhaul that whole team, you know, with free agency, the draft, uh, some trades that they made. They had to overhaul the whole team. And then you got a new guy come in with a new system and a new staff, and you got to blend it all with a quarterback that looked like he wasn't going to be, he looked like he was going to be a bust after how he played last year. That's that's a, a monumental stride that that organization made. And they're a really good football team. I mean, they're they're winning in every phase that you're supposed to win in. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. But I don't, I can't recall. I mean, like I'm not, I don't have stats in front of me, and you know all this history in front of me. But I don't recall a third quarterback leading a team into the postseason the way Brock is leading this team into the postseason, where they haven't slipped at all. In fact, they might even be better. Um, put up 37 points last week on the road in a game where you had to score 37 to win. I can't recall a third quarterback coming in and doing that. And you think about, you know, what Trey Lance is supposed to be, Ray, right? Like, you think about, okay, this guy, two trades, number three pick, all this stuff, and you put him the whole offseason for him. And there's no Jimmy there in the offseason. And they're pushing him out the door and all that. I'm not going to call it drama, but call it whatever you want. Like, it wasn't supposed to, to happen that way. And here it is, your seventh-round pick, who probably was maybe your practice squad quarterback for most of the year, like looking like you know he's one of the 49er greats that's up in the ring of honor and the hall of fame and everything the way he's playing right now baldy let's wrap up with this because i know you're doing the uh, jets and dolphins game sorry about that yeah really it's it's not exactly the marquee matchup this weekend but these are two teams that have very you know i I don't want to say perilous quarterbacking situations but all of a sudden the Dolphins, who really felt like this is the year that Tua came into focus, the concussion issues, you know, have taken him maybe out of focus in terms of being able to really count on building around him long term. And obviously the Jets are just a mess at quarterback right now. Um, who is actually better positioned? Tua, who you're constantly worried about playing his last snap? Or the Jets, who, you know, maybe have an opportunity to wipe the board clean. And, you know, they can talk about how they're they're not giving up on Zach Wilson all they want. But the, the NFL might make that decision for them. Well, okay. So, I think, the ball, I think both teams have to go into the quarterback carousel, whether it's the draft or free agency next year. I just don't see any way. That, uh, that you can count on Tua at this point with his history, injury history at Alabama. The concussions are real. They were within weeks apart. Uh, you know, if I was Tua, I'd be very concerned. 
Uh, everybody wants to play, but sometimes you got to get out of harm's way. That's real. Um, they're starting a third-team quarterback, I believe, tomorrow, Skylar Thompson or Sunday. Uh, and, and I've been saying sort of tongue-in-cheek that maybe the Jets have just played this game against the Dolphins without a quarterback. You know, just put Garrett Wilson back there and just, you know, <laughs> run the ball and, you know, just like literally, like, just get your steady t- team quarterback. Just wildcat you know, the hell out of Sunday. <laughs> wildcat the hell out of Miami. You know, maybe that's their best bet. I mean, they played four and... None of them have been any good, at you know, except for Mike White in one or two games. But he obviously can't stay healthy two years in a row. You can't really count on him at this point. Uh, we'll see what the you know the midweek injury looks like to him. But I'm been like I'm not being facetious, but like maybe maybe that's what they should do. Maybe that's their best bet right now because they have a lot of good pieces on that team. Um, but I I just don't see how Zach Wilson, the way he has behaved, the way he's played, his lack of development. I just don't see how they can count on him to be the future at that position right now. And I don't know if there's anybody else in the roster that they can count on at this point. Well, well they are getting close to playing no quarterback Sunday because they're starting Joe Flacco. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, look, I, you know, Joe, I, I, I remember Joe starting a game against Miami either last year or the pandemic year. I think it was a pandemic year. And I was doing the game. And honestly, they could have had the ball 100 times. They weren't scoring a touchdown. I mean, there was no chance. They put up three points that day, and that was off a defensive turnover. They, they literally had no chance of moving the ball down the field. Joe started this year. Um, you know, he, you know, I love Joe. Joe lives around the corner from me in New Jersey. He's got five kids. Like, Joe should, you know, go out in the golf course and take care of his kids at this point. <laughs> Jets and Dolphins both coached by former 49ers assistants. Maybe yep, yep. Jimmy Garoppolo has got a, a new address, uh, you know, Maybe. waiting for him in one of those towns when this year is over. Baldy, as always, man, thank you so much. I know we'll be talking to you throughout the playoffs, but as far Absolutely. as regular season goes, always a pleasure, brother. Thank you for joining us. Yep, you got it. Take care, Damon. See you, right. Take care. There's our guy right there, Brian Baldinger on 95.7 The Game. Uh, you know, I really wasn't thinking, yeah, the Dolphins are absolutely in the market for another quarterback, but they, they probably will be with Tua still on, still on a rookie deal. Maybe that's another landing spot and opportunity for Jimmy Garoppolo. Mike McDaniel, Robert Sala, I mean, they know him well. So may, maybe they would be interested if Jimmy were interested in taking his fortunes elsewhere. And again, it's not just up to the 49ers to dictate Jimmy's future. He's got to say in it now, too. So that's going to be a fascinating story to watch this offseason. we got plenty of time to get to this offseason, though, so we don't need to worry about it now, right? What we do need to worry about now, and we don't really need to worry about it, but I think we need to talk about it because it is breaking news within the last 15 minutes. Jeff Passan has shared that Trevor Bauer has been designated for assignment by the Los Angeles Dodgers. They are going to eat the remaining $22.5 million on his contract, which means that any team in baseball can now go sign Trevor Bauer for the minimum, which is $720,000. He will be eligible to start on opening day. If you wanted to start him on opening day, his suspension has been completely served. Before I ask you, you know, the $64,000 question, would the Giants be interested? Would any team, who team, which team in your mind, Ray, will be the first to dare to knock on what would only be perceived as a very controversial option? option? None. 
I think as good as he might be, uh, the baggage he brings with him above and beyond what he allegedly did um, is probably not worth it for anybody. Um, maybe somebody feels differently at the trade deadline and not that he would be traded at that point, but maybe somebody who needs one more pitcher to put him over the top might sign him at a even great, more greatly reduced amount. But I think for right now, I'd be shocked if anybody engaged with him because he's missed an entire year. He's still got legal issues all over the place. What? Uh, what are his legal issues all over the place? Well, the legal issues in that he's suing the, um, he's now suing the victim. Uh, that's going to end up being a, mul a multiplicity of other cases. So in terms of being in court, those are, those are legal issues. Not necessarily, you know, being directed at him, but ones that he's directing as well. So in terms of all of that... I don't know that he isn't too toxic right now to touch, and that may change in time because, let's face it, everything changes in time. But for now, I don't think anybody's going to even reach out. I think Trevor Bauer's phone is ringing right now. What, are you out of your mind? Do you know how professional sports works? I know exactly how they work, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. It's, it's the middle of January, and I think if anything happens... It'll happen close to opening day if somebody's desperate enough. And if it doesn't happen, then it'll happen at the trade deadline. Because Trevor Bauer, even all these issues aside, has always been, was also a guy who was profoundly unpopular in his own clubhouse. And that's another problem that I don't know that many teams want to engage in because when you pile all the question marks together, you get the Riddler suit. And I think most teams would prefer to take chances on less problematic guys right now. So, you know, I, that's, where I, that's where I'm feeling. I think, I think people are going to wait and see on him. I mean, less problematic, sure. Less problematic or more talent for that price? Impossible. And all I can tell you about pitchers is that he's as well-rested an arm as you will find in Major League Baseball. I think that that's how he would be evaluated. And more than any legal problem, and remember, the San Diego district attorney, the L.A. district attorney, who's whichever district attorney wanted to say we're prosecuting or not, they said, we're, we're, we're not. We don't have the goods. And we actually have texts that suggest... You know, as horrific as the whole thing looks and sounds and as unsavory as it is, she ordered it off the menu, man. So what to me, there, there's the fact that he's got a court case against her actually helps his legal positioning more than it would harm it going forward. Uh, I think the right thing to do would just be drop it and make this whole thing go away and have no one bring it up or talk about it again. But obviously, he feels like he has been wronged in all of this. And there is a remarkable amount of undeniable talent in that guy that is going to have somebody interested. Uh, you know, the, the Pittsburgh Pirates don't want to spend any money. He would be as talented a player as they've had in, in a decade 
if they went out and signed him in a song. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays don't live in a place that has attached itself to any sort of political correctness whatsoever. Uh, you know, if Antonio Brown was good enough for the Buccaneers, why wouldn't Trevor Bauer be good enough for the Tampa Bay Rays? I think the point that you made about him being unliked by guys in the clubhouse haunts him more going forward than any legal case that scuttled his career in Los Angeles. I really think that way. And there is going to be some teams that just say, hey, at that price, I really don't care who he pisses off. We're going to add that arm for that price if we can. I mean, the question that I would would toss back, though, is the Dodgers need pitching. And they couldn't wait to walk on him. I can understand why the Dodgers would want to walk away because that's to get him out of town. It didn't work here. The players pretty much have, you know, voted. We're good enough to do this without him and we'll figure it out. And we probably got like five guys who haven't even made their major league debuts who are about to be the next Trevor Bowers because that's just the way the Dodgers work. But that that sort of thing travels. And I think you're... I think for right now... And again, I can't foretell the future. And yes... Baseball's as cynical a place as there is when it terms comes to talent. But I think there's going to be a huge wait and see on him because all the baggage, all the baggage when you when you stack it up together, you know, it's not about I mean the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh Pirates are not touching this guy. And I don't think he'd want to go there anyway. I mean, he would go there if that was the only option, but you know, I I don't I don't see that he's a safe option for anybody right now. He's a desperation thing, if you're going to do him at all. And desperation comes either at the start of the year if you've lost a guy or at the trade deadline when you've lost a guy and you need somebody to either put you over the top or get you in the playoffs race. It and is the longest- this is not then. It's the longest commercial-free segment of the entire afternoon here, coming up next on 95.7 The Game. Uh, We're going to come back. I've got one other team that I want to put out there as a possible landing spot, and it might be a pretty good idea for all involved. So stick around. Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game. We're brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. The Road to Glendale is brought to you by Marrowist Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, together. We'll talk about the team from Glendale coming into San Francisco. Well, Santa Clara anyways. To take on the 49ers this weekend. A lot of opportunity for the 49ers. Uh, You wouldn't want any opportunity to have postseason success dashed by the wrong guy getting hurt so it's sort of a a balancing act for the 49ers of course you'd like to win of course you want to be the one seed if you can but you're not totally in control of your own destiny some scoreboard watching needs to be done as much as kyle says i don't want to do it it needs to happen it's the prudent thing to do because it's going to help you make decisions about how a third or fourth quarter of you know, who you're playing actually looks under the circumstances that you're actually playing in. So uh, fascinating amount of moving parts for the 49ers in what looks like an incredibly winnable game over the Arizona Cardinals. But when anything in the NFL this year, Ray's looked assured, 
I mean, the opposite happens. So, uh, you know, there's really nothing in this league that would surprise me. A David Blau, no DeAndre Hopkins win. I mean, yeah, that would surprise me. But, I mean, I wouldn't be slack-jawed. I probably would be because I think, and I I meant to ask Baldinger this and failed. Uh, He was on a 1-15 Colts team in 1991. And I was curious to know... How much less than 100% do guys give in a situation like that? And the Cardinals are essentially in that position. They're 4-12, and 12 and they stink. And they stink across the board. And, and I and wonder... let's face it. It, hmm? it, it. There is incentive. Well, well, you know, the coach and general manager are probably going to be fired. But a win, a meaningless win so knocks them out of a premium draft position that it would, it would be crazy for the Cardinals to win this game. Well, but the, but the Cardinals players don't care about that draft pick. Only the departing coach and the, and the general manager do. And they're as yet to be named replacements. So the players aren't going to be motivated by that. Hey, if you've got a long-term, multiple-year deal with the Cardinals, m- maybe you do care a little bit more than the rather how I many don't of, care How many player. of those guys are there, though? I mean, you don't have a lot of long-term contracts on a team that wins four games. And, no, you, don't have, and you don't have a lot of long-term contracts that can't be gotten out of quickly. Because if there's going to be a new general manager and a new coach, there's going to be moving vans stacked up in Glendale to take players out of there. So... The draft choice doesn't help them. Um, I mean, they could just decide to lay flat and just say, I'm not going to get hurt today. We can lose 45-3, but it's, you know, I don't care. Um, the, the, the balancing act for the 49ers, though, is if this isn't a lopsided game. And the other two games with the Cowboys and the, and the Eagles aren't lopsided games either. Because if they care about the bye then maybe they have to play their starters the whole day. Now, maybe Kyle Shanahan's decided, you know what? Whether we have the buy or not is not that important to me. I'm going to pull guys when I want to pull them. He might just do that independent of scoreboard watching. But if he wants that first round buy and he thinks he's got a chance at it, those guys are all going to play till a final gun. Ideally... You know, it's it's blowout city for the Niners, and they'll be able to rest guys third, fourth quarter independently of anything else that's happening. And look, that's going to be the right thing to do with Brock Purdy. Like, I don't want to hear another word about, well, Brock is so young in this league. He needs development. He needs all the reps he can get. No, not anymore. Circumstances have changed. Brock Purdy needs to be treated as any other starting quarterback with a chance to win a Super Bowl, as you could find in the NFL, he needs he needs to be treated as if he's Tom Brady, and you would want him out of harm's way in a game that's been decided right before you're going into the biggest tournament of the entire year. I mean, that's the way I think he needs to be dealt with. And conversely, Ray, I don't think it's a bad idea to get Josh Johnson a, a little action because if you know Jimmy can't make the recovery that actually has him in position to be activated and on this roster for either the NFC title game or a Super Bowl, which I'm assuming if the 49ers are there, you know, Brock Purdy's starting those games because he's gotten them there. Uh, You know, getting Josh Johnson 
some some reps late in the year. Doesn't sound like a bad idea to me either. And as the card carrying member of the Josh Johnson fan club, I'm guessing you'd like to see it. Um, I'd be okay with it, but I think it's more important for them to sit McCaffrey and get Elijah Mitchell some run. Absolutely. Because he's going to be more important to them come January than Josh Johnson will. So I think if they're going to... If they're, or if they or, or ch- there's one play away from totally dashing that, and Josh Johnson is now the most important man in football. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Well, but, Brock Purdy but is but a play you, away. But do you think they are incapable of winning a game, even with Josh Johnson, if everybody else is healthy? Um, incapable, no. But the odds are not in your favor at that no, point uh, at all. No, but I mean, the odds were not in favor of them winning with Purdy either. I th- I, and I've made, maintained this all along. Their team is built so that the quarterback is not the most important performer. Their most important performers are put people around the quarterback and people on the other side of the ball. I think they could, they, they could win a 13-10 game. They could win a game in which Purdy is awful because they have all the other elements. I don't think that you could say that about the Eagles. I don't think you could say that about the Cowboys. I don't think that you could say that about the Vikings. I think the 49ers are the one team that is as close as any to being indemnified against a quarterback injury because they've proven it twice already. So to me, if you've got to choose, I'd sit McCaffrey before I'd sit Purdy. Not because, you know, Purdy has to prove anything to me, but I think all the reps he can get are probably good for him. And if they lose him and they've got to go with Josh Johnson, I think they can still dance the dance. So, look, we're going to get right back to the NFL in just a bit. But Trevor Bauer became a bit of breaking news not even 35, 40 minutes ago when Jeff Passan let us know that the Dodgers are designating him for assignment, which means any team in baseball can now come get him for the major league minimum. What's amazing, Ray, is you are, you know, you're you're not just a sports pessimist. You're a sports nihilist, and you're the king of no one cares, win at all costs. Uh, You know, owners have no regard for humanity other than their own wallet. But you think they're going to find religion on Trevor Bauer? No, I don't think they're going to find religion on Trevor Bauer. You said their phones are ringing now. Right now. I don't believe they are. Right now. Right now. Someone's calling Trevor Bauer. No, I don't believe that. That's that's absolutely not so because they're going to wait and see how the landscape plays out. They don't have to sign. They don't have to do anything with him today. Now, they they might. Somebody might do something right before the season starts because, yes, you're right. It's a cynical world out there and, you know. Baseball is no more interested in the welfare of women than the NFL is, than the NBA is, than any company is. But this is not the time, like right now, to even bother with that. And if you are going to be interested in Trevor Bauer, it's going to be because you've lost one of your own pitchers. Or you think all of a sudden, hey, we're one guy away. And nobody's one guy away in January. The end of March, maybe. The end of July, maybe. Now, no. I'm not saying you're signing Trevor Bauer by sundown tonight, but I guarantee you an exploratory call has been made to his agent already. How I mean, it'd be crazy not to. This guy 
won the Cy Young in 2020 with a 173 ERA. Now, obviously, that was a COVID year and things were funny, but uh, Trevor Bauer can play. I mean, there's just no denying that. But and, you have to answer the question, if he can play, and it's a cynical world out there, why were the Dodgers in such a hurry to get rid of him? And, if, the, and him. if they were in a hurry to get rid of him because he's a bad guy in the clubhouse... Why would you think he'd be a good guy with your team? Well, I, you know, look at it this way. You got an image to rehab, Trevor, not us. So, you know, you better make nice going forward or your career is officially a short, unprofitable thing from here on out. Well, he's so, been he's he, he's proven to be impervious to that pressure before because he came to the Dodgers with that reputation. From his time in Cincinnati, where they hated him there, too. I mean, this is a guy who is, by baseball standards, an unpleasant teammate. Never mind the the, the, the stuff with the women. It should, he, he's a hard swallow for teams, which is why I think nobody's calling yet, because they don't have to. The urgency to, to take a chance with Trevor Bauer, as talented as he is, is not now. It's going to come later if it comes at all. You know what would be maybe the perfect landing spot for him? Oakland. Why? Well, you get to work on your craft as far off the major league radar as any major league team has ever been allowed to get. I mean, Trevor Bauer could... You know, get into a fist fight in an Oakland A's game, and if there's no one there to see it or report on it, did it even really happen? You know, I mean, like they're the the A's are so off the relevancy radar; they they're not even relevant in their own stadium, pretty much. So, and, and Trevor Bauer is going to make a difference to them. How then? Well, this has not got nothing to do with I'm going to help the A's. Trevor Bauer's in this for himself. Yeah, but Trevor why Bauer signs a one year minimum deal with the A's. And, you know, maybe that's 10 more games than they're going to win in the first place. And he gets to, you know, pitch in the American League once again and showcase his skills. And everyone can see that he's got it again if he can get it back again. And then he can go sign for big money because he will be four or five years now removed or three, four years removed from the incident that spiraled him out of control anyways. And... People move on. People don't even care. Don't, no, one, no one even cares about Trevor Bauer anymore. Anyways, welcome everyone to your five o'clock hour. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.